Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror, keeping you up to date with the news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spacek. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. Also, please check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters. Essex Coffee Roasters offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to their website, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, uh, and use the code CINEPUNKS, that is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X, you get 10% off. Our other great sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also probably the world. They are personable, professional, and the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. Visit them at xlvacx.com. Because this is our Christmas episode, this episode we for the setup, our getting to know you question is, what is the best horror-themed Christmas present you've ever gotten? I was trying to think of this when I saw this question, and I, I think I get, you know, little horror themed Christmas presents, but I don't think I've ever gotten anything major. So outside of, you know, DVDs of movies that I've really loved, like last year, I think I got, um, um, oh gosh, it's in Spanish and that's why I came. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, the last matinee, it's Spanish name is eluding me. Uh, so I got that. That was really great last year, but also one year I got a, um, midsummer sweatshirt from an artist that I really liked. So that was a really great gift as well. How yeah, about I you? No, I was going to say the same thing. Like a lot of the stuff I get has been little. I've talked about um, the um, tiny like marble mausoleum made by Poppy Z. Bright, the the horror author that Tanya got me for Christmas years and years and years ago. But um, also uh, it was like four or five years ago, my brother got me a set of magnets from an Etsy store that are all just like horror movie posters. So I got I have the gate monster squad and driller killer <laughs> nice that's a random assortment uh, well like two of the like one of the like driller killer is just a movie we both love despite the fact that it is kind of gross uh and like the gate and monster squad are movies like the two of us grew up watching like a billion times um the fun thing about that driller killer uh magnet is that it used to be much lower on the refrigerator than it is now because uh, that was until like our five-year-old nephew was just like He's bleeding. <laughs> oh, whoops. I don't like that, Uncle Nick. And I was like, yeah, buddy, sorry. Let's let's move this where you can't see it. <laughs> Our house is uh, child safe, but maybe not always appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely have questionable horror art up all over. That <laughs> I imagine kids haven't noticed when they've been here yet. <laughs> I mean, do you ever give like uh, horror uh, related gifts yeah definitely i usually do to my friend lisa um we tend to find each other you know prints or other kind of handmade things that are horror related because she's my horror go-to buddy that i usually go to movies with so definitely to her um rob is only beginning to be a horror movie guy so 
it's still early in his development. I don't know that I've gotten him a horror related gift yet. How about I, you? Do you give them? I tend to try to find things like stickers and pins to give people. Um, there was one year where um, for Christmas I gave I bought somewhere online. It was a, for like a game that I just bought like the little markers they had and they were little tiny Cthulhu's. Oh, uh, oh I remember. I have one. <laughs> which I have just like I had like a huge bag of those and I gave those out for Christmas present. I mailed them to people like because I got like the little tiny ones. I think I got like 25 of and the big ones I got like 10 of. And I was just like, this is the best present. I was like, who wants a it, like I think it was like Cthulhu. Um, yeah. And just like gave them out for like three Christmases running. That's kind of my favorite. I really should do that again. That was fun. I just realized that I actually did get Rob a horror themed Christmas present this year, which I can't say because he'll listen to this. And I think it comes out a couple of days before Christmas. So he'll have to wait so he can know that there is something horror themed under the tree for him this year. <laughs> Uh, if you have any amazing gifts that you uh, have gotten or will be giving, uh, let us know. Like, just tell us about great places to buy stuff like this. Like, if if nothing else, um, yeah, yeah. On the socials. Oh. now it is time for new nightmares yay uh this is our roundup of trailers things new to streaming coming to theaters soon etc um and uh you're gonna kick us off with the massive number of trailers we have this episode big trailer week uh the first one is the trailer for the new brandon cronenberg movie infinity pool um if you've seen his previous work you know that he is following in his father's footsteps of body horror and this one looks uh, really interesting. The synopsis is, while staying in an isolated island resort, James, played by Alexander Skarsgård, and M, who is Cleopatra Coleman, are enjoying a perfect vacation of pristine beaches, exceptional staff, and soaking up the sun. But guided by the seductive and mysterious Gabby, who's played by Mia Goff, they venture outside the resort grounds and find themselves in a culture filled with violence, hedonism, and untold horror. A tragic accident leaves them facing a zero-tolerance policy for crime. It looks like they clone Alexander Skarsgård because somebody gets hit by a car. He's going to be put to death. And they're like, well, you could buy a double to to take your execution. And then they make like a real person. It just looks so messed up. And there's definitely some aspects of like, who is the real one? Yeah. And then there's a scene where they're like all in a convertible wearing masks, super creepy masks. I don't oh. know why. Very excited to find out. I read a thing. I want to say Ted Geegan shared a, a little detail. The person who made that ma those masks is the person who did like uh, who directed uh, Frankenstein's Army. Oh, which is a movie that is not great plot wise, but looks amazing. Nice. Yeah, I am definitely down to see this when it comes out. It hits theaters January 27th, so 
just over a month and we can check this one out. I, I didn't, haven't seen Antiviral by Brandon Cronenberg, but I love Possessor. Oh, God, I love Possessor so much. So weird and good. Our next trailer, Scream 6, dropped its official trailer um, just a little bit, uh, a couple days ago, uh, but at the time of this recording. Um, this time around, uh, Killer wearing the ghost face mask and robe is stalking the survivors of Scream, a.k.a. Scream 5, in New York City. Uh, New York City? Oh, it looks like it's set around Halloween, which I think is really awesome. Mm -hmm. um, like the various um, like costumes you can see in the trailer are amazing. And uh, I don't know about you, but like when I watch this trailer at the very end where like the logo shows up, like the mm -hmm. way they turn the logo into Scream 6, I'm just like, ooh, ooh, I really, I really love it. Yeah. And then the mask in the at that last shot is like weathered like it's starting to get a michael myers situation going on like it's aged which makes sense if it was the same mask it would age over the years although i don't i don't think it's ever been suggested it was the same mask every time mm -mm, mm -mm. i am just like maybe he's just weathered from being in new york i'm just super excited because like the people who are returning from the previous movie great i love the fact that you know we're getting some new people and some people returning from movies long ago so mm -hmm. yeah that's an exciting one so excited looks like we have to wait till march 10th for that one not as long as i thought we'd have to wait for sure all right this next one wait was that march 10th or did i read the wrong thing because this next one is march 10th as well so i hope i didn't read the wrong i hope i didn't have the wrong tab open but i don't think i did um so the next one is a questionable if it's horror, but it's being covered by a lot of horror sites. So I'm going to go with it's horror. It's called 65, and it is the it is a dinosaur horror movie produced by Sam Raimi, starring Adam Driver. Um, okay, after a catastrophic crash on an unknown planet, pilot Mills quickly discovered discovers he's actually stranded on Earth 65 million years ago. Now, with only one chance at rescue, Mills and the only other survivor, Koa, must take their must make their way across an unknown terrain riddled with dangerous prehistoric creatures in an epic fight to survive. This I mean, you had so me at dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, you had me at astronaut fighting dinosaurs. Uh, yeah. I like the 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 sort of like time travel aspect of it. That's like a reverse. Uh, like it's it's very much like a reverse Planet of the Apes situation. Yeah, it's wild. It looks like so much fun. Like I, I, I have like Adam Driver is really leaning into movies that I don't know. Like he looks like he's using his stardom to, to do some yeah. great things. He's he's stepping into the having some fun phase of his career. I think. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I'm into this one. Very into this one. Yeah, I think this is this. I think this is going to be one. Uh, yeah, and it is the same day that Scream Six comes out. Yeah, that's going to be a big weekend in March. Oh, it's, I'm going to spend some money. Yep. <laughs> um. So, uh, we also got a trailer um earlier this, well, I guess last week, uh, for Human Resources, um, which is a 
debut film from uh, director Braden Swope, um, who evidently made this movie when he was 19. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I was not doing anything good with my time at 19. Oh, neither was I. So uh, in Human Resources, um, after starting a job at a creepy hardware store, Sam Coleman uncovers a shocking mystery involving a missing employee. With the help of Sarah, a cynical co-worker, Sam plunges into the dark corners of the store and is forced to confront the terrifying forces that lurk just behind the walls. I don't feel like you totally get that from the trailer. Mm-mm. It looks creepy. Yeah, for sure. It looks oozy. I saw a lot of ooze. And uh, like it's the perfect first feature where it's all like one location, mm-hmm. small cast. Yeah, yeah. I mean this this won't be a big budget one, but and it's I don't even think it's coming to theaters, but it still looks pretty fun. It looks like it's going to be a good time, maybe a yeah. dark horse. Uh, yeah, and it's uh on demand January tenth. So, king out to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think anybody who works retail is going to be excited to watch a movie kind of like this post holidays, just like, yep. Yeah, for sure. Oh, this one has another good tagline. No one knows when to quit. (laughs) (laughs) I missed that one. All right. Here's another, another trailer for something coming out in January, January 13th. This is Skinamarink. And apparently it was a, a viral hit on TikTok. I am just barely on tiktok so i've missed it entirely this trailer tells you almost nothing but it scared the shit out of me it is very vibey of darkness <laughs> it's uh, it's like just a couple words repeated and then they just mm-hmm. get distorted and you see weird things and it's that it it's the same vibe i got from like that Innisman trailer where i'm just yeah. like i really want to see this but also maybe not at night yeah this makes me uncomfortable which i like but i hate yeah Yeah. so the synopsis is two children wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished to cope with the strange situation the two bring pillows and blankets to the living room and settle into a quiet slumber party situation they play well-worn videotapes of cartoons to fill the silence of the house and distract from the frightening and inexplicable situation all the while in the hopes that eventually some grown-ups will come and rescue them. However, after a while, it becomes clear that something is watching over them. That is also a terrifying premise. <sighs> it just creeps me out so much. Like, I really want to see it as soon as possible, but also, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh. I've already heard some some chatter that it won't be for everyone, which I think you can kind of tell from the trailer that it's not going to be for everyone, but I think it'll be for me. I think it's going to scare me. Yep. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get to the theater to see it January 13th, it will be coming to Shudder at some point in 2023. That's probably how I will watch it. Hmm. Unless I luck out and it's playing somewhere near me. It might be scarier to watch it at home, honestly. <laughs> like at night by yeah. yourself. <laughs> Ugh. So uh, we finally got a trailer for Scare Package 2, Rad Chad's Revenge, uh, which will have hit Shudder, uh, will hit Shudder the same day this episode drops, actually, um, on uh, Thursday, December 22nd. So um, Scare Package 2 uh, features segments from uh, Alexander Beretta, Bretto, 
Anthony Cousins, Jed Shepard, and Rachel Rochelle Wiggins. It is um, the sequel to the popular anthology film from a few years ago, Scare Package. Uh, and this sequel, uh, when horror guru Rad Chad Buckley's funeral turns into an elaborate series of death traps centered around Chad's favorite films, the guests must band together and use the rules of horror to survive the bloody game. Um, and the tagline is, the call is coming from inside the movie. Ooh. Now, you've already watched this one, right? Yeah, like two or three. I, I think I watched it before we recorded the last episode. We it's did, because I remember saying I needed to watch it, and I still haven't done so. So it's still on my list. If you like Scare Package, you'll really like this one. Yeah, uh, and I did. I like Scare Package. It's, you know, it's a, a it's a horror comedy that leans very heavily into um, the comedy aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just the... The place where my trailer has stopped or is ready to begin on the page here has a little jigsaw, but it's it's Rad Chad as Jigsaw. <laughs> it's just I think that probably encompasses exactly what I'm going to be met with for this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you get a lot of like you get to a lot of folks who, returning from the first movie, so um, it's it's a yeah. lot of fun. cool. Can't wait. All right, that was our last trailer. So now into just news. Um, we had talked about five, night at five Nights at Freddy's finally getting a movie made, and now there's a little bit more news, which is that Matthew Lillard and Josh Hutcherson have joined the cast. Obviously, horror fans know Matthew Lillard. Josh, Hut Josh Hutcherson might not be as familiar. He was in Tragedy Girls. He was also in The Hunger Games. And so, Detention. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's been around too. Um I don't know. Does this casting move the needle for you at all and whether or not you wanted to see this? Actually, it moved it from a uh, watch it for, you know, for this show. Because uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those things we have to for talk science. about. Probably. <laughs> yeah. But oh, yeah. Matthew Lillard and Josh Hutcherson, like Josh Hutcherson, like uh, in detention is that's my favorite underrated movie. That's it's weird and bizarre and i feel like if he's part of this and also matthew lillard i i am now more comfortable in that this movie will be as weird as i hope it could be yeah yeah i mean these these are big stars in the realm of horror movies and and stars that pick can pick the projects that they want right they're not just having to do it so if they picked it that's a pretty good thumbs up. Yeah, like Matthew Lillard isn't in a lot of things anymore. Like I know he's pretty choosy about what he does. And like Josh Hutcherson is like, I mean, he was in the Hunger Games. Like he's a legit like, yeah, maybe not A-list, but like top of the beats. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for sure. He And he definitely, you know, doesn't need the money. I'm sure he's fine financially speaking. <laughs> I have never played any of the Five Nights at Freddy's games, so I, I'm just kind of aware of what they are from all of the assorted ephemera one finds at Hot Topics and the toy aisle of Target. So, yeah, and and Fye, oh, I feel I don't go to Fye very often, but every time I do, it's just all they have is Five Nights at Freddy's merch, and I'm like, okay, I guess this is, it looks fun. I don't know, it looks cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh. Yeah, I'm now I have gone from being like, okay, fine, to like, oh, I'll watch this. Yeah, same, same. This is the news that made me the most happy lately. 
Um, long story short, um, there was a Dark Tower movie, the adaptation of Stephen King, uh, and it was, despite starring Idris Elba, it is terrible. <laughs> also Matthew McConaughey. It's just so. Uh, Mike Turns out big stars can't make everything okay. Right. Um, but Mike Flanagan and Trevor Macy's Intrepid Pictures uh, are moving from Netflix to Amazon. And the next thing that they're doing is an adaptation of Stephen King's The Dark Tower. And the um, they, they have the rights. Um, and it's going to be a series. And evidently, I guess, um, five seasons is what they're hoping wow. for. Wow. I mean, I know it's a long series that probably is like the minimum of what it needs to tell its story. Uh, But uh, yeah, I trust Mike Flanagan with anything personally. And especially with Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, sorry. But oh, yeah. Like um, the the quote from the piece at Deadline that had me most uh, excited is that uh, is that first shot which comes right off the first incredible sentence of the book, The Gunslinger. I've had that image just rattling around in my head since I was an undergrad. It's going to have to get out of there eventually. Uh, and that line is the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed, which is just it, the top five opening lines from a book for me. Nice. Yeah, this is this is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm super goosebumpy all about it. <laughs> I'm just nerding about it. <laughs> we are Flana stands, and I don't know. I don't think there's a cute name for Stephen King fans. Constant uh, you, readers. Constant readers. Um, yes. yeah, you know Stephen King rules. Like, yeah, no doubt. All right, something else that we're both a fan of, whether we say it much or not. I think I say it too much. Um, <laughs> there will be a new wrestling themed horror movie called Dark Match, starring Chris Jericho. <laughs> I. It, okay outside of a little synopsis we don't know yet when we're getting it it kind of seems like it's already in production so hopefully 2023 um the synopsis is a small-time wrestling company accepts a high-paying gig in a backwoods town only to discover when they arrive that the community is run by a mysterious cult leader with devious plans for their match i mean you already had me at wrestling themed and then uh a mysterious cult leader i'm in i i'm chris jericho like I mean, listen. I will. I have watched several wrestling-themed horror movies, uh, mm-hmm. starring people of varying star power. Uh, WrestleManiac, starring Rey Mysterio Jr., um, is not a good one. Uh, <laughs> actually, most of them are not very good at all. Um, but this one has the potential. Like, I feel like Chris Jericho is actually the person who might do this right. Yeah, I think he has the acting chops. Also, the director is Lowell Dean, who directed Wolf Cop. Yeah. And I loved Wolf Cop. So, and, and I mean, this is two Canadians coming together, so we can assume that this will be very Canadian. Peak, I, I... Ca- peak Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, this and also like Dark Match. Perfect title. Yes. So perfect that I can't believe it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> right. Very excited. We will definitely be keeping you posted with anything we hear about that one. Very much so. The U.S. Defense Department has spent over a trillion dollars on the most cutting-edge robot technology. Introducing RoboSanta Plus for the upcoming holiday season. What are you going to do this fine Christmas Eve? 
I was potentially gonna go meet up with a dude. I've blown him off twice already, so. Come on, get a drink with your old pal, Robbie. What's up with you two? I just grabbed him drink. I talk her out of some tender trash. You didn't oh. talk me out of anything. Merry Christmas! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! New animatronic state-of-the-art Santa Claus, featured at our own TW Bonkers, is now the subject of an international recall. from the boys down at the scene yet. They're still down there counting bodies. All right, now it's time for our feature presentation. This week, we are talking about Christmas, Bloody Christmas, directed by Joe Bagos. It's Christmas Eve and fiery record store owner Tori Toombs just wants to get drunk and party until the robotic Santa Claus at a nearby toy story toy store <laughs> goes haywire and makes her night more than a little complicated santa claus begins a rampant killing spree through the neon drenched snowscape against a backdrop of drugs sex metal and violence ultimately forcing tori into a blood spattered battle for survival against the ruthless heavy metal saint nick himself i think yeah, we. i had... think heavy metal saint nick is a bit of a stretch he i mean he is metal like, i guess literally yeah <laughs> I think we both had very like I watched this at home like one morning and you saw it what like on a Friday night in a theater. Yes, I saw it Friday night at Screenland in a pretty full theater of very enthusiastic fans. Like I I think I'm not saying that I didn't like this. I but I think I had the least fun of anyone in that theater. <laughs> Everybody else was way into it and I was like, yeah, I see what's happening. <sighs> I, I said this like when we were talking about it on on Twitter, direct messaging back and forth. I have seen, I think, everything Joe Bagos. Bigos? I'm going to go with Bagos. Bagos. Uh, I have seen like all of his movies. Like he's just mm -hmm. like somebody I found uh, and just started. I was like, oh, indie horror. Let's go. Um, yeah, I've seen yeah. Almost Human, Mind's Eye, Bliss, VFW, and now Christmas, Bloody Christmas, and this is my least favorite of all his movies. Yeah, I think I've only seen Bliss, but I definitely liked it a lot more. Um, this was fun, but the dialogue, like, it, to me, it felt like Kevin Williamson meets Tarant Tarantino. Like, just that Dawson's Creek 
everybody can't stop talking not even for a second but with lots of fuck yeah it's uh i've i've seen a couple of comparisons online that basically like the first half hour is it's like a quentin it's like a quentin tarantino meets like kevin smith like where it's just like a bunch of like especially like the the aspect where it's like you've got two people who are just like talking about pop culture shit and just Mm -hmm. swearing and being very over the top in their spanish enthusiasm yeah it's like what if high fidelity was a horror movie yeah and the downside to it is i feel like you can get away with that in 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 a horror movie or any kind of movie if you at you that comes after like you started off with something like scary mm-hmm. or violent and then you go to this you know thing yeah. and you work your way back into it but this yeah, is maybe the characters are like hiding someplace and they have one of these chats or something but like literally this movie it's like 20 or 30 minutes before you really before it's anything other than just people hanging out talking about various movies records etc mm-hmm. there is definitely like some bloomhouse shit talking yeah. uh, <laughs> that goes on and like you know getting drunk and all of that and it it i like like the these characters do seem very real though yeah. <laughs> like, i definitely yeah. know um the the people um <laughs> i i i know i i know a tori and i know a robbie yeah I mean, maybe we were supposed to be annoyed by them so that we would want Santa to get them. Although I didn't find them, I didn't find them annoying enough that I wanted them to die. Just like, all right, okay. And then it just turns into straight action movie Santa murder. What I find so interesting about this is that there are a lot of like the Joe Bagos regulars are in mm-hmm. this um the sheriff is jeff daniel phillips uh mm-hmm. graham skipper's in there for a hot minute josh uh ethier is in there um like they're um jeremy gardner in there mm-hmm. uh yeah you got like joe bigos of- himself in there <laughs> exactly like you see all these people that you've seen in like it, it, all of his movies um but uh, including also like um uh director uh like uh, kansas bowling um makes like a brief appearance as uh tori's sister mm-hmm. uh, like so it's a lot of like genre f- favorites that are in this yeah. um but it's it's just kind of i don't know like it's not violent enough it's not yeah. actiony enough it's kind of a party movie. Like if you were having a bunch of people over and you knew you weren't going to pay attention to it, maybe throw it on and it can play in the background. And then like, you can all pause and be like, Oh, that just happened. But you don't fully have to pay attention to it. I mean, you know, from the get what's going to happen pretty, you know, the basic plot of what's going to happen. You know, I don't, I don't know. It, it's not that it wasn't fun. I just, it's probably not going to be an annual watch for me. It's, it's not fun enough i think it's Mm -hmm. it's a little i don't know like i feel like joe bickus knows how to make a fun movie i mean like bliss despite being dark as hell it like is a real blast and vfw's like shows that he knows how to do an action movie Mm -hmm. but 
like this just seems to be kind of a a hodgepodge uh what did, I read that the idea originally, like he proposed a Silent Night, Deadly Night remake where it turns out that the killer is actually a robot um, Santa mm-hmm. doing it all. And they passed on it because it was like too far away from the original concept. But he kept it in his back pocket and kept writing on it and turned it into this. And I like hearing that I'm like, yeah, this does feel like kind of like an afterthought thought hodgepodge kind of movie yeah or like a, i have this idea and i'm going to make it happen however that happens to be and can we I, talk about how weird it is that santa is played by abraham ben ruby <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's such a weird choice to use somebody who has I, I guess what part of it is, is like, he's a big dude, but he has like a very distinctive voice and you don't get a lot of Santa talking, which it just seems like a waste of a Santa robot. Yeah. Yeah. Santa should have some good lines. Santa should tell you like, so, so the premise is these were military robots. And then for whatever reason, the military was like, we don't want them. So they re reappropriated them as department store santas and now they've they've malfunctioned and we're watching presumably just one instance of them malfunctioning but like okay if it was a military robot it's made for killing but it must have something that triggers its desire to kill so what has made it want to kill these people the sex the drugs is that its directive this doesn't seem like things the military is particularly concerned about yeah it doesn't they they don't explain like It, it's a weird thing like for as much expository stuff as you get like in the opening sort of like montage of like flipping channels like the reason they're being recalled is never mentioned and it's just like they flip out because of you know like there's just a, a weird short in their system like it, it, it just like yeah. a sentence would have i guess made it a little better yeah like they're being recalled obviously they don't feel urgent about this recall because this one is still in TW Bonkers Toy mm. Store or JW. It doesn't matter. Great. Either way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say I did really like the actor that played Robbie. For some reason, I I thought he did a particularly great job. The the gal who played Tori did well too. Mm-hmm. They both they had good chemistry. Uh, Dandy and Sam Delic. Yeah, like, uh, I liked their performances. Like, everybody in it seemed to really be having fun, but mm-hmm. the, I I wasn't having as much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I, yeah. I liked the look of it. I liked the music and the vibe, but yeah, it just didn't end up being the fun I wanted it to be. Now, uh, Part of the reason we we decided to talk about this movie is just like we we're going to use it as a jumping off point to talk about all of the other Christmas movies that we've watched this year. Did you see Violent Night? I didn't. I didn't get to that one. Violent Night is 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 so much fun. Like it, it, after I I think I don't know if it's as fun as I feel it was or if it was because. It just gave me what the, tr- like that trailer that you see gives you what you want. 
Mm -hmm. Like you get like if you like that trailer, you will get that and so much more in the movie. Um, and it's it's such a blast, and it's weirder than you expect. Oh, nice. And kind of like it's dumb, but in that like Christmas like die hard home alone kind of way where you're just like yeah, oh this yeah. would never happen um but also it's the fact that he's actually santa claus that's kind of what makes it yeah unique. it's not like a department store santa it's not somebody who thinks he's santa it's santa claus real guy yeah also david harbour like, yeah what's not who doesn't love david harbour uh, he's made where... to play santa he really he's he's made to play like a a, a drunken kind of pissy santa uh yeah. especially as, as in this movie now wh what are some of the other ones i've gotten to see like a couple other ones what have what have you gotten to watch this year i think the only other one that was new to me was don't open till christmas which is not new to the world but it kind of is because it's being reissued right i got mm -hmm. a 4k restoration vinegar syndrome's putting it out um, I think it's on Shutter now. It was Joe Bob's, um, I don't know, Christmas hoedown, whatever he was <laughs> calling it. It was Joe one of Joe Bob's movies this week on his thing. I had already watched it before that because I knew we were gonna talk about it, and I didn't know, I didn't know Joe Bob was doing it, or I would have waited for his insights. <laughs> I, I that's one that I really wanted to watch, but I didn't get a chance to. Oh. Uh, well, it is a little twist because it's not a killer Santa; it's a Santa killer. So there, there is a killer going around killing anyone dressed as Santa because they were triggered into <laughs> hating Christmas and Santa. And so, you know, we start with, I think we're at like a club or some sort of, I don't know, it's England. Things are weird. They were putting on some <laughs> sort of a production, but there's this woman, she's probably in her 20s and her dad is playing Santa and he gets killed right off the bat. That's the whole inciting moment. And... uh so she is trying to figure out who's doing this and her boyfriend is sort of one of the suspects, but sort of not. It's a, it's kind of a mess of a movie, honestly, because I think it had a lot of people quitting and getting fired in the middle from what I understand. Um, so it it's, it's chaotic, but it was fun and it had some good, some good kills and, you know, it had your standard, it's the eighties. So here are some boobs kind of thing <laughs> as people as people expect in such a movie but i liked that it was a santa killer i like i talked last episode about uh the mean one and my opinions on that but <laughs> the other day i watched uh the leech uh oh, i did see that one i just saw it in the summer so i forgot that it was a christmas movie <laughs> um it's not like a christmas like it is it's set a movie at, that happens at christmas it isn't yeah like christmas isn't like a huge part of it but it it does sort of like the 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 i guess because it does have uh graham skipper playing uh, a priest like it is like leans very heavily into the you know jesus is the reason for the season sort of aspect of christmas but in a man like i it was very depressing and it's very dark, but I did not expect to like love it as much as I did. Like love mm -hmm. it. Let me, let me rephrase. Love it is maybe the wrong word for um, <laughs> Eric Penikoff's movie, but um, yeah, no, like Graham Skipper and Jeremy Gardner and uh, Taylor Zabke, um Like it's mostly them for like mm -hmm. the entire movie and their interactions are great. 
Um, also, I love the fact that we got Graham Skipper and Jerry May Gardner in two like Christmas set Christmas movies, movies like within yeah. a week of each other. It's great. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it's dark, and I, I, it's a very good movie that I don't know it's going to be a regular viewing for me. But I really wanted to love it, and I really didn't, and I was bummed about it. I don't remember exactly what I didn't love about it now because, like I said, I saw it a few months ago. But, you know, I love Jeremy Gardner, always enjoy Graham Skipper, and I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. But everybody else seems to, and I don't get it. And I liked Eric Pinnikoff's other movie, Sadistic Intentions, but yeah, The Leech just did not do it for me. I think it was too, maybe, so Jeremy Gardner and his girlfriend in the movie are um, supposed to be really grating, you know, really, like, kind of terrible people and maybe they were too terrible like they were too good at their jobs maybe <laughs> and then Graham Skipper maybe wasn't quite good enough at his job to like I was just like just kick him out it was one of those movies where you're like then just go just leave just tell them to get out of your house and if they don't call the cops it is it is one of those movies that sort of hinges on how well you can relate to the person who like just doesn't who's just like, I'm trying really hard and like wants to believe in the good in people. And mm-hmm. I I think like depending on your, you, you know, how much you can relate to that, uh, like it would, there are parts where it is just like, come on. <laughs> like, why are I you mean, such a pushover? And it definitely had hilarious moments too. Like oh, yeah. there, there are definitely good things in it, but just ultimately I was like, yeah, everyone else likes this a lot more than I do. And that's good. Good for them. Good for everyone else. <laughs> I yeah, I think it's one of those where I think uh I was just excited to see a movie that was uh like a lot of the viewing I've had has been like so up and down. Like mm-hmm. I, I think it it hit the notes that I was hoping it did. And again, like Jeremy Gardner is always great at just playing like kind of an obnoxious person. Yeah. And maybe I need to give it another chance. Maybe I need to be in the Christmas spirit before watching it. Maybe that was the problem. Because I'm pretty sure that I saw it as part of the Chattanooga Film Fest, which was in June or July. So I wasn't in the spirit. I was in the summer spirit. That's a different spirit. Very much so. So, yeah, a lot of Christmas stuff. Yeah. Good stuff out there. Good stuff. If If anyone didn't see from last year, Night Drive, that was a Christmas movie that I saw last year, but I saw it at Panic Fest, so I saw that in the spring last year. Anyway, <laughs> I loved that one. That, that's a good Christmas one that could go on your rotation. That's got um, AJ Bowen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. Um, also, um, oh, speaking of AJ Bowen, what was the movie that I was going to say that everyone should watch that is also set at holiday time? Kind of. Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> well like give me one second world i i trap the devil from like three years back is also set at christmas time also stars aj bowen also um disturbing we're playing like a six degrees of christmas tonight with all these overlapping characters <laughs> yeah, right um but yeah um yeah that's that that is uh i i think those are our recommendations for holiday or you might mm-hmm. know yeah
I think we're on to I'll be right back. And today, rather than talking about necessarily what we're doing, you know, this week, we're going to talk about what we're most excited about for 2023 as far as movies or festivals. Yay! Yay! What's got you excited? Well, I mean, uh, in addition to like the stuff we've talked about and covered on the show over over the year over the, the especially the stuff that's come up in the last couple episodes like Ennisman and Scream 6 and uh mm-hmm. Infinity Pool and Knock at the Cabin uh I am the, the speaking of Stephen King I I'm very I'm leaning really hard into that Salem's Lot yes that is on my list as well because I just I think I feel like done like I mean don't get me wrong the original like mini series like series like very long movie that it is now uh, it's mm-hmm. great that um, little kid scratching on the window that's, that's still the scariest thing but i i really would love to see it done like with sort of the budget that we got for um the castle rock series mm-hmm. um like that showed that i was just like oh man like just shot without like the limitations of like a made for tv yeah yeah budget. and with today's technology honestly mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just I'm very excited to see what comes of it. Um and also right. Evil Dead Rise. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I have um I'm like super excited about Megan. I haven't watched that second trailer cuz I don't want to ruin I don't want to take the magic away. <laughs> I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the latest Insidious. I don't even think I've seen them all, but I, this new installment <laughs> kind of in, reinvigorates me so I might go back and watch the ones I missed. And the and the Nun too cuz I liked the Nun. I like I those big budget. It. You haven't seen the nun? I still haven't. Oh, you might like it. You know, I don't know. It was uh ridiculous, a ridiculous good time. Um and we've got some like local festivals that are coming. Um mm-hmm. uh like Panic Fest just announced their dates. Uh yes. April 13th through the 24th. Crypticon is coming July 7th through the 9th. Um, they've mm-hmm. also been announcing guests for Crypticon. Oh, have they? I haven't seen those announcements yet. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, Will this be the year I finally go to Crypticon? Why have I not till now? I don't know. Well, I'm seeing PJ Souls. Nice. I'm seeing Robert Russler. I'm seeing Nick Castle. I am seeing okay, the person right. I am most excited about. The one, the only Dean Cameron. Uh, yeah. Maybe a- we need to we need to go pass out some stickers. Is he Chainsaw or Dave? I don't know. From summer school, either way, horror icons. Yes. Also, I got like uh, press for the there is there is uh, I feel like we should probably mention this because it, like I don't think it'll be it will be happening when the next ep- episode drops. Um, there is a new festival that is happening. Uh, well, it's not the it, it is the fourth edition, but the first I've heard of it. Um, and it's in L.A. It's called Film Modit 2.0. Um, it's new to me. The original film mod, uh, festival du film modit, uh, which are cursed films, uh, was mm-hmm. a Jean Cocteau uh, festival in 1949. But this year, uh, like I just kind of got somebody emailing me out of the blue about it. Um there is uh there's a retrospective on the director Izzy Lee, who if you've seen any of their short films, they're creepy. 
um, and like really excellent low budget stuff. But there's also um, a documentary called Zero Budget Heroes that I'm looking forward to and a movie called Razanest that looks very dark and very gross. Oh, that... I saw that one. Is it is it dark and gross? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that director's previous film? Um, it Was it Panic Fest? Hold on. I've got to find it. I'm guessing by your face that probably you didn't because I think that you would remember Masking Threshold. No. Um, pretty sure. Let, let me double check that I'm talking about the right thing here because I don't want to. I don't want to. Okay. Yes, I am. Okay. So that, that they're, they're just weird. They're not like narrative movies. <laughs> it's, and it's, so it's not going to be for everyone. And, and I, I don't say that like gatekeepy or loosely like it is not whatever you think it is it is not it is is a whole it's almost like a it's almost like a radio play mm. with pictures playing the so you're vibe. hearing something happen while you're watching like landscapes and whatnot the vibe i got is very a field in england where it's just like you're just kind of like watching things and hearing things and there is kind of a plot if you want there to be yeah it's i mean i don't want to tell you anything about it if you don't want to know but it the ba the super basic premise is that they're they're recording an audio commentary for this movie and the movie that they're recording is kind of like super avant-garde like just <laughs> pictures of beautiful things like somebody just went around it's just b-roll is what it feels like somebody <laughs> just went around and shot a bunch of b-roll but then things within the recording studio where they're recording the commentary get out of hand so the movie's still playing and then you're hearing a whole different story sounds so, like a movie to take drugs to yeah uh, it's it's worth seeing but i was like i'm not reviewing that one <laughs> i don't even know what to say well and masking threshold honestly i didn't even make it through because i was like this is too weird for me <laughs> And uh, I guess, uh, well, and I mean, I'm sure we'll have all of our usual suspects returning this year as well. Um, Brooklyn Horror Fest, mm -hmm. uh, Chattanooga Film Fest. Um, I'm excited. I am excited to get to go to South by Southwest this year. I haven't gone for movies ever. I went for music once 20 years, exactly 20 years ago. <laughs> so this will be a whole different thing. I will I, almost certainly not be required to sell merch at a house party. <laughs> I'm currently trying to, uh, th they actually like South by Southwest actually put a thing on their site, like how to convince your boss to send you to South by Southwest. <laughs> I sent to my boss at the pitch. Nice. <laughs> Might work. Who knows? Well, if it does, we can hang out. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for many things that are coming and I can't wait to see like what sort of like new year uh, notes we get. Mm -hmm. And, it, and then, you know, early in the year, I'd have to look up the date. We will have our one year anniversary of a, as a podcast. Yay. So excited for that. Yeah. Okay. All That's right. it. That's it. That's all we have. <laughs> Except that we have stickers and you can get them by emailing us at carnagereport at gmail.com. And when you do that, we'd give you an address and you'd send us a self-addressed stamped envelope like in the 90s, and we will send you one. Yeah. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. And uh, as mentioned, we can be reached via email at carnagereportpod at gmail.com. 
of who did the music? The music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. And you might have guessed that's Nick's brother. His. <laughs> Where are you out there in the social media and online world? Uh, I am on Twitter at Nuthouse Punks. I'm on Instagram at Nicklaus Mouse. Uh, you can find my writing at The Pitch and Starburst Magazine and Lawrence Business Magazine and all kinds of other fun and interesting places. Um, where can they find you, Julie? I am Dark Humor Girl across all socials, and you can find my writing at Modern Horrors, which is gearing back up for a soft relaunch in the new year, so I'm excited about that, Yay. and at Downright Creepy, which doesn't need a soft relaunch because they have not come into a lull like Modern Horrors did, so <laughs> I'm excited about that too. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror, and we were going to share our best of 2022 list with you. Start making yours so you can argue with us on yes. the internet. Yes, reach out to us now and tell us what you expect to see so we can know whether we're going to disappoint you or not. Yeah, if you've got any last minute things we should see before 2022 uh, says goodbye, um, hit us up on the socials, please. Yeah. Or and so that is this episode, and we'd like to wish you all a uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Um, Best of us. Solstice. Yeah. The days are about to start getting longer again, folks. We can do this. <laughs> and we will talk to you again in the new year. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye.